Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9. We're going to continue our study this morning. I had somebody ask me, they said, what are you going to preach on Sunday? I said, well, fellowship with God, you know, and exactly what aspect of that. It's a big subject, and uh, we're learning that, amen. And um, so that's what we're going to continue. Obviously, we took a break last uh, Sunday to talk about our Lord's resurrection, and of course, we even mentioned in that message um, how His resurrection has made opportunity for fellowship possible. Without Him doing for us what He did for us, it would be impossible for us to even consider uh, becoming one with God and having fellowship with Him. But again, Jesus bought and paid for you and I to be able to have right standing with our Heavenly Father and then have, of course, right relationship or fellowship with Him. So I'm just going to read one verse to you and then we'll talk about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to emphasize something before we move on to the fellowship part. And of course, as we've already said, you've been called into fellowship. And of course, the fellowship that we have now available to us is the same fellowship with God the Father that Jesus enjoys. And that's because we've been given the same standing with Him that Jesus enjoys. That's the gift that Jesus has given to us. But I want you to notice it says, by whom, God is faithful, by whom you were called. In other words, he's saying that God has called you to this. God has called you to this. So as I continue to emphasize these things, being led by the Holy Spirit, I want to make sure you understand that this is not just Pastor Mark calling you to fellowship with God the Father. I am emphasizing what I believe he is, is emphasizing or saying to all of us. But it's God who is calling you. It's not men, it's not denominations, it's not churches, it's, it's not your mama. It's God who is calling you as an individual into fellowship with Him, the fellowship that Jesus enjoys with Him, the same fellowship with the Father that Jesus enjoys. Now we said that Father's desire to have the same fellowship with you as Jesus goes to the heart of why He gifted you with the same standing as Jesus before Him. Now, we began these things two weeks ago. I want to review a little bit of it and then plow into some new stuff. And the section that we're on right now is just simply called Fellowship Defined. Fellowship Defined. And I really do believe because this is such an important truth for us to understand that we need to make sure we're clear on what fellowship actually is. Because in the modern day church, fellowship is um, a place where you go and have potluck with other people. Amen. In the fellowship hall. And so fellowship is obviously important um, to the church and something that we do. But like so many things, we do it and call it for reasons that we don't fully understand. So as we break down what fellowship really is, we've made a few blanket statements. And the first is this. All fellowship is relationship, but not all relationship is fellowship. And I've talked about the different things and even objects that I have a relationship with. Things like Regions Bank, IRS, my Chevrolet pickup, and Alabama football. Amen. But none of that is the same kind of relationship that I have with my wife and children. And so when we talk about fellowship, we're talking about relationship, but fellowship is relationship of the highest order. 
Now, it's a word that we find in the Scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament. But, of course, in the Old Testament and New Testament, we have to go back to the original language. And the word that we see in the New Testament translated into our English word fellowship is the word koinonia, koinonia. And that's, that's not a, a, a car brand. Amen. It's like, what kind of car you got? Well, I've got a 2014 koinonia. No, no, it sounds like one, but that's not what they're talking about. Amen. Are you with me? You know, you can humor me a little now and, and then to, uh, you know, let's, weak joke. All right. Amen. I mean, Honda has the one accord, right? So it could be, all right, I'm digging. Let's keep going now. Koinonia. Koinonia, what does it mean? It means community, communion, joint participation. Koinonia speaks of the share which one has in anything. The share which one has in anything. Now, there's something in each of us that wants what's ours. Am I right about this? In other words, if we feel like we're getting cheated out of something, then, you know, we can get pretty worked up about that, especially depending on what type of personality you have. So we talk about what we've got coming, what, what's, what belongs to us, what is ours, and making sure that we get everything out of something that belongs to us. So when we're talking about fellowship here, I'm praying that we start to have this same attitude towards the share of fellowship that we have with God the Father. This is something that has been given to you, that belongs to you, and it's yours. So when we're talking about koinonia, we're talking about community, communion, joint participation. You understand what it means to participate, right? And, and so again, you know, one of the challenges that we have is that Father has been way more interested in fellowship with you than, than you've been interested in fellowship with Him. In other words, he, he has gone to the ends of the earth to make it possible and paid the highest price just to make it possible for you and me to have fellowship with Him. So He's already participating is the point. He is already working very hard, very diligently so to have fellowship with you. So joint participation is when you respond to the offer that He has made available to you. So I know there's a lot here, but I want us to zero in on these two words, community and communion. Community and communion, okay? So community simply defined is a group of people existing together. Now again, key word there simply, because community is more than just a group of people existing together. In other words, there is a reason for the coexistence. There's a reason why people assemble themselves together uh, or assemble themselves in community. So a more in-depth definition, stay with me now, don't lose, don't lose me on the verbiage, all right? Stay with me. A, a more in-depth definition then is a, a unified group of people with shared attitudes and goals living and working together for one another's mutual interests and benefit. So when we talk about community, people don't just assemble together in community um, just so they can say we're in a community. There's a reason for the community. In other words, take our local community here. Um, and I don't just mean here at Heritage, but you know, even the city of Hueytown is broken down into various sections and different communities within, subdivisions, what have you. But what we see in, let's say, Hueytown is that we live in Hueytown, we shop in Hueytown, we purchase things in Hueytown, so therefore we pay sales tax in Hueytown, 
And the mutual interest and benefit is, you know, that creates uh, somebody to pick up the garbage or the limbs or, you understand, the different services. So the idea behind even a community on that level is that there is some mutual benefit that is served by being a part of the community. Are you still with me? All right, so when we hear the word communion, we tend to think of, you know, what we did last Sunday, the wafer and the grape juice, but it's what these represent that are at the heart of what communion really means. And so, remember, Jesus shared Himself, not in part, but in all with us. So, the first thing that I want to start coming to our minds when we think in terms of communion is that by definition, communion is an act or instance of sharing. It's sharing. So you have community, a group of people who exist together, and then you have communion, and that's when people who live in community with one another share with one another for one another's mutual benefit and interest. Are you still with me? So one way to think of the word communion is common and union joined together. Common and union forms communion. And communion is speaking of shared actions and experiences that unite us together. When we take the wafer in one hand and the juice in the other hand, what are we saying? We're saying that we have a joint participation in Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and, and seating, ascension to the throne of the, un, of the universe, and we are seated with Him there in heavenly places. It's our share in that. It's more than just we're remembering His death. Certainly we remember His death. But it's, it translates... It, it, let me say it another way. We are missing the point entirely if we only remember His death, if we only think about Him dying, and never take the next step into realizing that He did what He did for us as us to bring us into what His sufferings would one day produce in our lives and life realities. So communion then by definition, is a common union. Communion. And it is the bread that doesn't just, uh, the broken body that, that doesn't just symbolize Jesus' brokenness for us. But it's His body was broken so that even we could all be together as the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ, having and sharing a common union. Now, I really want to drill down into this for the next few minutes if we could, all right? So when we talk about existing in community with one another, we see that as important as the community is, it's only as strong as the communion within the community. The community is only as strong as the communion that exists within it. So if you have a bunch of people existing together, but no one sharing themselves with other people in the community, it's going to be a very weak community. The stronger the community, right, is going to you know, be based upon, the more effective even the community, is going to be based upon the communion that is taking place between the individual members of the community. Are you still with me? So the more you share your life with another person, 
And the more they share theirs with you, the more you grow in fellowship with that person, and the closer you become to them. That is communion. So sharing yourself with Jesus is where fellowship with Him and the Father begins. I'm going to say that again. Sharing yourself, your life, your thoughts, your feelings, your choices, your experiences, everything that has anything to do with you, the more you share that with Him, that's communion with Jesus. So the more you share yourself with Him, this is where fellowship with Jesus begins and also therefore fellowship with the Father. Now let's go ahead and be reminded that Jesus has already shared Himself with you entirely. He has held nothing back from you. He has shared His very life's blood on your behalf so that you could be reconciled to God the Father. He has given you His Word. He has given you His name. He has given you His kingdom. He has given you His love. He has given you His glory. He has given you His seat next to God the Father on God's right hand. He's held nothing back. He shared it all with you. Now He is waiting for you and for me to respond by sharing ourselves, our lives, your life, yourself, your thoughts, your resources, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your uh, uh, efforts. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? Your, your uh, skills, I and mean, we can just go on and on with this including Him, allowing Him, sharing Him, opening all that up to Him, your heart, your thoughts, your understand, all of this, right? Because we can, we can stand up here all day for Sunday after Sunday and talk about this, but if we never really get down to the brass tacks, we're not really going to benefit. In other words, this is where the rubber meets the road of fellowship. And every inch that you share with Him, He's going to fill it with Himself. Now, I'm learning like everybody else, okay? So please don't ever think that I'm up here, you know, here's the guru and let me talk. No, 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 please, I'm learning like you. And there's been a part of me in all this that's kind of been a little stubborn and the Holy Spirit gently has nudged me and corrected me in this. And the stubborn part of this is I feel like there is such a deficit, there, there is such a vacancy, a deficiency, a drought, a big old hole in people's doctrine when it comes to understanding God's eternal desire to have fellowship with you that I've, I've just, I'm almost like, you know, ignored the Holy Spirit in some of this in that I only want to talk about your fellowship with the Father and not our fellowship with one another. But what He has corrected me concerning over the last week or two is that you can't have it both ways. In other words, you can't have fellowship with the Father without having fellowship with one another and you can't have fellowship with one another without having fellowship with the Father. And so it's like I want to exclusively separate, hack off from this, and, and you know, almost like behead it, right? Because Jesus is the head, and only talk about having fellowship with Him. And then it's like I almost apologized to you two weeks ago for even mentioning fellowship with one another, because that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about fellowship with God the Father. But the reality of it is, they're basically one and the same. 
And, and part of that lack of understanding has to do with me and everyone else's renewal of the mind is that we're one. If we're one with God the Father, are you, are you following what I'm saying here? If Brian is one with God the Father and I'm one with God the Father, then we're one. Me and Brian are one. And any fellowship I have with him, anything I share with him, anything he shares with me, I got it from God, he got it from God. We're just sharing God's stuff with one another, even life itself, right? So forgive me for trying to distinguish one from the other. And as is the case with so many subjects, we can learn much about our fellowship with God the Father by understanding and learning about our fellowship with one another. It's like marriage. You can learn about being one with God by learning about being one with your spouse because the Bible says that the two are similar. Now, in our effort to define and identify fellowship, we've talked about the Godhead. And by Godhead, we mean the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Are you still with me this morning? And we know that God is three at one. And we know that God is... Now, if this is too fancy uh, wording for you, just, amen, this needs to become a baseline in our understanding, all right? God is an eternal community existing in absolute communion. Okay? God is an eternal community. What's a community? Individuals existing together, sharing interests, uh, attitudes, goals, benefiting one another, so forth and so on. That's a community. So God is a community. A lot of times when we talk about God, you know, we, we maybe use God as a substitute for God the Father a lot of times. But Jesus is just as much as God as God the Father, and the Holy Spirit is just as much as God as Jesus. And so we see that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God is an eternal community, without beginning, without ending. And they have existed eternally in absolute communion. Meaning Jesus has no secrets from God the Father. They, they, they never, you know, he, he doesn't have that drawer in his room or that file on his computer that he's never shared with the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Absolute communion. Not 99% communion. Not they share most everything, but not, not all. No, no. Everything. An eternal community existing in absolute communion. This means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit exist united together. They each have the same attitude of love and admiration towards one another and work together to accomplish the same goals and interests. Amen. This is something the Holy Spirit said to me recently. I want to pass it along to you. He's, he's given us... Time out. Can I, can I come in here with you for a minute? Why is this important? Because this is the God who created all things, including you and me. You were created in His image and in His likeness. This means you were created to not just look like Him, but to function the way He functions. 
To understand anything better about how God functions is to understand better how you were created to function. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I appreciate it. This is God. Yes, this is God, which means this is you. I'm glad to understand these things about God, Pastor Mark. It's not just that you're understanding them about Him. You're understanding them now about yourself if you take to the next level. Because this is the God who created you. This is the God who created all things. Maybe one day we'll break it down into greater facts and, and uh, you know, Bethany having a master's degree in biology and all these other things. She's taught me a lot of stuff about this. But have you ever stopped to consider how creation is one giant joint participation community? How one part of creation gives its life, literally the life force that's in it, in order for other parts of creation to have life. Again, this, these are the fingerprints of our Creator. You know, people say, no man is an island. How about this? No thing is an island. This is how, this is how our Creator set it up because... This is life. This, this is life. This is how life was meant to function. No wonder the enemy tries to isolate us. No wonder we, we build up walls and, and separate ourselves from God and other people. No, it's, this, it's the enemy's strategy to get us to do this way, to live this way. All right, let me get back up here and finish this. Now, Amen. This is what he told me. He said, within the Godhead, community is more important than the individual. Within the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We could say within God. As long as you understand that by God, we mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Not just one of them, but all of them, all three of them who are God. Within the Godhead, community is more important than the individual. Now, this is important for us to understand, especially in our world today, especially in the good old United States of America, because here we see the opposite. As a matter of fact, we, we have a unique mindset towards individualism that you don't see in other parts of the world. Now, I'm not here, please, I think I've made it abundantly clear over the years, I'm thankful for this nation, I'm thankful, you know, I'm thankful for hot water. If you've ever been overseas and took a cold shower, you know, on a, you know, frosty morning, <laughs> amen, we are blessed, more blessed than perhaps you understand unless you've ever been to a developing country that doesn't have some of the things that we take for granted. So I'm not, this is not some kind of rant against the United States of America. It's not what I'm saying. But remember, our true citizenship is, is not this earth or this world or any country in it. Our true citizenship is the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not we're not from this world. We've been born from above. 
And when we were born again, when you were born again, you were born into the kingdom. And you became a citizen of that eternal kingdom. And we're not here to, you know, pursue the American dream per se. We're here to pursue a life that pleases our creator and that fulfills the destiny he assigned to us before the foundations of this world were ever set in place. Come on now, somebody needs to get excited about that. If all that defines your life and existence is fulfilling the American dream, what are you going to do when this world, not, not, not to mention this nation, is not as it is right now one day? But we have an eternal purpose, an eternal destination that far supersedes one of the youngest countries that exists on planet Earth, the United States of America. But in our world today, we, we see the opposite, especially in the United States. In the United States, we hold rugged individualism up as an ideal. Talk about how, look at what they did, look at what he accomplished, look at, look at how she pulled herself up by her own bootstraps and... And, and, and we celebrate that. We admire that. I'm not here to stir you up either way this morning. I know for a lot of pastors, they talk about gender issues and sexuality issues to get people all fired up. I'm, I, that's not what I'm about this morning, but just listen to me. We talked about this in Ephesians class a little bit this morning. You know, we have become obsessed in our nation with the individual to the point that even when it comes to who can use what bathroom, we want to try to cater to the infinitesimally small percentage of a percentage of a percentage of men who think or want to be a woman and put their right ahead of millions of little girls. Whatever side of this you're on, that's fine. I'm not here to pick sides or to pick at you. I'm just trying to show you something. We have become freakishly obsessed with the individual. And it's of the devil. I'm not talking about the gender issue. I'm talking about the bigger issue. Obsessed with the individual. We were not created to live individually. We were not created for individualism. We were created by a community for a community. Your life will never make sense separated from community. And it is the enemy who is trying to shove and push and forge and form a mindset in this nation that the individual is more important than the community. And we are not doing anybody any favors by paying homage to their individualism. And we think that we're being so admirable and we think we're being so tolerant and we think we're being such good people because we're going to sacrifice for the individual. You are destroying that individual. By creating a world outside of the community for them to feel comfortable in. And it's happening on every level of our society. It's happening at what is the very fabric of our society, and that's within the family unit itself. 
Heaven help us. Heaven help us. You say, well, I just want my children to be who they are. I want them to express themselves. They will never know who they are in order to express themselves until they find the identity within the community. The community is where you discover who you are. It's the community where you figure out what your gifts and talents and abilities are. It's how all of that fits into the community. That's where you discover it. When you allow people to try to find their own way in life, and, well, you know, I mean, he just marches to the beat of a different drum. Well, they better start hearing the drumbeat of heaven. And the drumbeat of heaven is going to sound its rhythm, its cadence, its call within the community. Where do you think the whole idea of the drum beat came from? The drum beat, all different rhythms of the drum beat signal different things to the community. Why do you think the, the, the drummer led the way in the, in the early military conflicts? It's because that drum kept everybody in step. Now God, I'm going to show you this in the Bible in just a moment, but if we have time, praise God. But God created you as an individual. This is the God who created you as unique as anyone who's ever existed on planet earth. Of the billions and billions of people that have lived on planet earth, no one's ever had your thumbprint. There's never been another person just like you, ever. And never will there ever be. So God created you as an individual. A unique person to be celebrated as a unique individual. But he says it this way. You are the body of Christ. He didn't say y'all are the body of Christ. He said you are. Danny, you are the body of Christ. Bryce, you are the body of Christ. Peyton, you are the body of Christ. JT, you are the body of Christ. And every other born-again person in this room, you are the body of Christ and a member individually. Notice the order here. You are the body. You are, can we say it this way, the community. And a member individually. I remember multiple conversations between my mother and her mother. And I wish those of you who didn't get a chance to meet Mimi, right? I'm just looking around some of the different faces in here and folks that she loved. Man, you know, I think Mimi loved Wally almost as much as me. I mean, I'm just telling you, she, you know, me and Matt and Meredith, but, you know, he was like a, another grandchild to, uh, to her. And uh, I remember many different conversations between my mother and Mimi. And it's like it was one of those things that Mimi either didn't want to get or she just didn't understand, okay? And I'm concerned that there are a lot of folks who also don't understand it, all right? And the conversation would go something like this. Well, just let the church do that. <laughs> like there's this weird cloud that comes in here called the church and cleans this building and cuts the grass and blows off the parking lot and prepares all the food that's eaten. My mother would go, well, Mama, who do you think the church is? Well, I don't know. 
It's us, Mother. We're the church. We're the ones. If it's going to get done, somebody that's a part of the church is going to have to actually come and do the job. Well, I just think you ought to let the church take care of that. That's what she would say. Uh, she was dumb like a fox, I promise you. Amen. She, I think sometimes she'd just pick at us on that. So. so when we talk about the body, the body's you. I mean, if there's no chocolate pie on the 29th, it's because nobody in this room brought any. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's just that simple. <laughs> Amen? Amen. But why would you bring chocolate pie on the 29th other than I just lobbed a hit brick, hint brick in your lap? To share it with the body of Christ. Inevitably, and you can keep asking me this, it's fine. Inevitably, people will call the house, call Pam. You call me anytime. That's not a discouragement to get you to call me or stop calling me, whatever. But they'll say something to this effect. Pastor Mark, what should I bring to the dinner on so-and-so night? And my answer has been consistent. For those of you who've ever asked me that question, bring what you like. Bring what you like to eat and share it, Right? So now if I start naming names, I'm going to get myself in trouble. But, you know, Emily Sunberg's pecan pies have established a legacy at Heritage, right? Amen. It's like she almost apologizes if she shows up with it. You know, she usually makes three, and I think Mark eats one of them before they leave the house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. But notice she, is, she has a great recipe, a great skill, all that, right? And so now notice she shares that with us. She shares that with us. And it's become a part of. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, something like that. You know, we talk about fellowship and joint participation. Now, how about pecan pie? Right? Are you understand what I'm saying here? This is, this is of extreme importance. I'll finish here. Amen. Communion is what makes strong community. If the members of a community never share themselves with one another, the community will be weak and ineffective at meeting the needs of the individual members and accomplishing the goals of the community. There's a lot to be preached right there. Let me just introduce it now and we'll talk about it tonight, okay? You were created by a community for community. Amen. You have an enemy who has tried your whole life to separate you from community. Rejection is one of his favorite things. That's why bullying is such an issue in our schools today. Because when children are bullied by other members of their social culture, social group, it makes them feel rejected, it makes them feel isolated, it makes them feel as if they are not a part of the community. Parents need to be talking to your children about this. You need to be talking to your children about this. 
So we were created by a community for a community. So many of the internal needs that we all have can only be met through community. Are you hearing me? This is important. And so much of what it is, and I could make a case for every bit of what it is that we're called to do, we can only do successfully at a high level of effectiveness if we work together. Right? So there are needs that you have that can only be met by the community. There is an assignment that you've been given, a destiny that you have to fulfill that can only be fulfilled by working together with the community. If the community is weak, it is ineffective at meeting the needs and it is ineffective at accomplishing the assignment. What makes a community weak? Lack of communion, lack of sharing with one another. Singers and musicians, if you would, please come. Please come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So if the members of a community never share themselves with one another, the community will be weak and ineffective at meeting the needs of the individual members and accomplishing the goals of the community. And our goals are not our own. Our goals are eternal, eternal assignments. Can I say something to you this morning and you not be offended? Because I'm not here to offend you. I'm not here to pick a fight with you. I'm here to help you. I'm going to try to say this as delicately as I know how to say it. And Amen. If it's not you, just leave the shoe right there where it lays. Amen. But if this shoe fits you, I'm going to ask you simply to do one thing. I'm going to ask you to ask Father about this, okay? And then whatever he tells you, that's what we'll go with, okay? There, there are a lot of folks in this room and even a lot more last Sunday that fellowship very little, if at all, with this community. Amen. Oh, sweet Jesus. Please hear me now. Please hear me, okay? I'm not trying to make you mad. When, when we schedule a men's breakfast, when we have an Ephesians class for the men, a women's class for the ladies, a youth class, a children's class, these kinds of things... It's far, far, far more than what you learn or what you eat. Are you hearing me? It's about the fellowship. It's about you bringing what only you have. And I'm not just talking about pecan pie. You bring things to this community that nobody else has. I was asking Rick Hosmer the other day. I said, I said you know about phone jacks and how these things work together. Rick, for some reason, I knew that you retired from the phone company, but I don't, I, it, I promise I wasn't asking you that because hint bricking that you would, I was legitimately asking him and Marcos were doing some other project around the church and I was like, hey, you guys know anything about phones? And then when you started talking about it, I went, how could I have forgotten that, right? We're putting a new phone system in here at the church and it, you know, 
In other words, he, he brings something to this community that I'm sure there's probably somebody else in here that knows something about it. But you understand what I'm saying? That very few of us, if any of us, have. God only knows how many electrical problems Lonnie Knowles has fixed at this church over the last 20 years. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? And, and I, it's easy to talk about it in those terms, but we're talking about more than just you've got a nice lawnmower. We, we had a, a friend, and he's not a veteran, but he's on the Veterans uh, Memorial Board in Mississippi. And, um, and he was like, he said, I've just got a really nice lawnmower, and I don't mind helping you know, he's, that's why I'm on the board. He's not even a veteran. In other words, it's not, it's not just because you got a, lot, a nice lawnmower and want to come help cut the grass. God made you a unique individual, and this community needs what you have to offer to it, and you need what this community has to offer to you. But if you never commune with us, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you never commune with us, if you're never willing to share yourself with us and let us share ourselves with you, can I humbly tell you as the servant leader of this congregation, it's one of the major things that's missing here. Do you realize that we show more love for a recovering addict from the foundry that comes in here and stays for a while and leaves than we sometimes show for the people that have been here day in and day out with us in the same room every Sunday morning for the last however many years or decades? Please don't, I, oh, sweet Jesus, I know i got to finish and they can't even hear what I'm saying because of the way the sound's set up. But Please pray about this. Please pray about this. It's not just about learning. It's not just about eating. It's about a strong community and that can only, community that can only be strong through communion. Amen? Stand with me, praise God.